guys, welcome back to Strip by Sia, your podcast for strippers, sex workers, and all the fancy naked people. Once again, we are joined by another fancy, wonderful naked person by the name of Randy. Randy, say hello. Hey, guys. Hey. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's pretty early morning for you. <laughs> well, you know, I kind of slept in this morning, too, so you're not alone. <laughs> such but, a nice way to wake up though yeah well it's raining today and like honestly whenever it's raining i just like sleep in as much as i can <laughs> no sun shining in my face but thank you so much for taking time to be on the show today thank you for inviting me <laughs> so the reason i invited you um randy is one of the few dancers on the opening lineup for the number five orange which took place last week, I guess by the time I air this, last last week. So I really wanted to stay current and also just see how the strip clubs are going to be operating during the time of COVID and, you know, what the shutdown, what that meant to you as a dancer and also what it means later on moving forward in terms of stripping. So, but we'll get all through that later. Randy, let's move the focus back on you because I don't know much about you except for I interviewed Bianca from Behind Closed Doors and she sent me your photo to use as one of the photos. I'm like, who's this pretty girl? <laughs> I'm like, I have to interview her one day. And then now came the opportunity for me to do so. So please tell the world who you are, what you do in your own terms, define yourself, <laughs> go crazy. It's always such a hard question when someone asks you to explain who you are, I guess. But um, hi, I'm Bianca. I'm also known as Randy on Instagram. I'm originally from Calgary and I moved here a year ago. I've been dancing at the five for a year. I'm a student. I want to go to health sciences and probably medical school someday. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm really not that interesting. I've spent most of my quarantine playing Animal Crossing and staying at home with my cat. So... <laughs> Animal Crossing is the thing right now. <laughs> oh my quarantine. god, it's so addictive. <laughs> <laughs> I have not jumped on the bandwagon yet. I cannot because I know all of my time will just go to that and this podcast will be over. So, <laughs> Like that's the end of everything. Pretty it's much. only Animal Crossing now. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, let's go, let's go roll things back a bit. So you said you, we've only been here for a year from Calgary? Yeah. Okay, very cool. Were you dancing in Calgary as well, or is, like, the stripper scene pretty new to you, or what's your history with that? I danced in Calgary for a year. Um, in Calgary, we have three clubs that we mainly work at before um, the, I don't know what it's called, before Blondies kind of okay. came into the scene. So I was working at the three clubs before them that were owned by FM. It right. was an amazing experience. It doesn't it honestly doesn't compare to Vancouver stripping. There's a huge contrast between the two. Right. Um, Alberta is very, like, especially in those clubs, not in the um, independent clubs. Right. It's more of, like, a kumbaya kind of approach where, like, you're sisters with everyone and, like, everyone's your friend. And it honestly felt slightly easier than it does in Vancouver. As soon as I came out here, it's kind of like a culture shock. Um, wow. It's no contact in Alberta. Right. You can barely talk to your clients and like in Vancouver it's full contact at the five which yeah. I had to kind of experience and have like a little bit of a culture shock and then the concept of girls will go out after to a club with their clients and hang out with them and 
that wasn't allowed in Alberta. So it's like a whole different culture here. And also strippers are held on not really a pedestal, but they're more respected in Vancouver than they are in Alberta. Mm-hmm. In Alberta, when I'd share, oh, I'm a stripper, people would kind of look at me sideways. But here in Vancouver, I'm like, oh, I'm a stripper. And everyone gets excited. People are like, oh, my God, what club do you work at? That's amazing. <laughs> and they're so interested to know about me. So it's a really cool difference. I'm really happy to be in Vancouver. That's awesome. I'm sure Vancouver is very, very happy to have you as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so interesting that you mentioned the contrast between Alberta strip clubs and Alberta strip culture uh, versus Vancouver strip culture. Because we actually had another girl from Calgary that came on too, who's a friend of mine, Rosie. I'm not sure if you knew her. I do. I love her. Yeah, I love her too. <laughs> She's, yeah. I worked with her. Yeah, I was gonna say, I'm like, if you worked with those clubs, you must have worked with Rosie. <laughs> she was on the podcast when she was in town um, dancing at the Five a couple months ago. And mm-hmm. um, she mentioned the same thing too, which I thought was a really interesting observation too, just in terms of the clubs that she worked at. Um, she said it was like really, really chill and really mm-hmm. casual. And like the three clubs there owned by FM, not included, not, not Blondies, but they had like very distinctive kind of uh, themes, maybe not themes, but like each club had its own kind of vibe to it, which yeah. is kind of cool too. And um, yeah, it's just a different kind of contrast, as you said earlier. Did you want to go into like, you mentioned culture shock when you when you came to Vancouver. Did you want to speak a little bit about that as well? Maybe elaborate more on that topic? Yeah, for sure. I think it's the the overall openness of BCers and Vancouver folk that are that really define my kind of culture shock. Right. I okay. find that people in Vancouver are a lot more open, a lot more liberal, if you will, and um, more interested in getting to know you. And I never kind of associate the job with the person. Right. Whereas in Alberta, I was finding that like if I told someone I was a stripper, they assume like exactly like the movies yeah and like almost that I was below them so it was kind of an interesting change mm-hmm. as far as like getting to know Vancouver people and kind of losing my perspective on what people were like in Alberta right and ultimately what my job meant okay so an example of that is like like I said before when I would go out I went out club hopping downtown Vancouver my first week that I was ever here and people were excited to get to know me. I always kind of hid the fact I was a stripper when I was in Alberta. Right. I would say, oh, I'm an, I'm a bartender at one of the clubs or right. oh, I'm a server instead of saying, oh, yeah, like I'm a stripper. I'm proud of it. But totally. I let it slip while I was bar hopping. People were like, oh, my God, do you know this girl? Do you know this girl? Like, what club are you going to work out when you're here? Oh, my God, I love that club. <laughs> like, especially working at the Five, where it has such a good ambiance, and everyone knows about it, and it's, like, famous globally. Everyone knows yes. that club. And everyone. people come from different countries to hang out at the Five. <laughs> and it's such a, like, a weird contrasting experience. I think I'm just so proud to be part of such a good club, I think. Yeah, totally. And I'm so glad to start interviewing a lot of more girls at number five because it was it's pretty uh, penthouse heavy on this podcast, obviously because my <laughs> my club was penthouse. I've danced at number five though once, and I was like, 
fuck me again, god damn it. <laughs> but it's pretty fun, as you said. It's got a great reputation. It's super fun. It's it's globally known across the world. And so many like different celebrities have danced there too, and it's just a fun vibe. Like if I were to choose a club to go to in downtown Vancouver for like a fun Friday night out, it'd always be the five. So yeah. good choice on <laughs> working over there. Like how did you know you wanted to dance there or did you visit a couple different clubs before or maybe you knew people here? Like how did you get associated with the five? So I was confused on where to work because I had no idea about any strip clubs in Vancouver. Right. There was a girl that I worked with while I was in Alberta. Her name was Berlin, and she told me that if she had to choose one club to work out for the rest of her life, it would be the five. Oh, wow. Really? That's a big so, statement. Yeah. <laughs> so I followed the five on Instagram, and immediately the GM started messaging me constantly and said, well, if you move out here, like if you're sure about it, then you have a job. Yay. <laughs> and I was like okay, cool. Then it took me a little long to get out of Alberta just because stuff kept coming up. And that's what happens when you're moving province to province. But right. it finally happened. I finally made it to Vancouver. And I ended up starting doing stage in August, I think, but I was VIPing in July. Okay. Remember that. So it's almost my one year anniversary of working at the five. <laughs> Yay. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. That's awesome. Wow. I can't believe you've only been here like a year. Did you know you always want to move to Vancouver or was it just something that you want to do at this point in your life or school had anything to do with it or what's your story there? So I came to Vancouver almost every summer when I was a young teenager. Okay. And then when I turned 18, I was in between 18 and 19, I think. It was right before my 19th birthday. I came out here with a friend, and we just experienced Vancouver. We went out. We went to Earl's, and, like, we drank, went by the ocean. Nice. We drank illegally. Um, (laughs) As we all did. (laughs) I fell in love with the city, and I knew from that moment that I couldn't live anywhere else. And it took me a little long to move out here just because I was going to school in Calgary at the time and uh, I didn't really have the resources to move out here right so as soon as I had the opportunity my partner had the job a job offering in Vancouver and I hopped on it immediately I was like yeah we're going he's like you you don't even we weren't even dating that long at the time when we started talking about it and I was like no I'm in wherever we're going we're going That's awesome. Then the rest is history. Yeah. (laughs) That was quick. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) It was so easy for me to agree to this. (laughs) You're like, I am down. This is happening, whether you like it or not, and let's do it. (laughs) Yeah, it was awful for my parents to let me go, but, you know, (laughs) you have to let your kid leave eventually, and I'm the youngest, so it's kind of... Because it's hard for them to distance themselves from me. Of course. Well, they have to leave the nest. And, like, I, I agree with you, too. Like, when I moved out, and I'm the youngest in my family, too, all of a sudden it's just starting for my parents again. They're like, hey, how's it going? I'm like, what do you want? Am I in trouble? And they're like, no, we just want to talk with you. We miss you. We <laughs> just want to hang out. <laughs> yeah. That's just how it goes. And luckily, I mean, like, Alberta's just next door, so you're not too, too far away. So... Yeah. So it's very easy that way. And what about school, too? Are you going to be going to school here, too? Or are you going to be going to school online? Or what? what's happening with that? 
You said you uh, want to work I'm in health. I'm online or? for now. Okay. I, um, well, yes, it's COVID time. I just, so. Yeah. <laughs> I think I got so bored in isolation that I was like, screw it. I'm going to start paying tuition and going to school because I might as well use my time for something. Good for you. I was going to ask. Because... So, <laughs> oh, sorry. Keep going. Yeah. It, it came out of boredom, boredom and I applied to Queens. Oh, wow. And yeah, I got in. Hey. And it was awesome. Congratulations. Thanks. <laughs> and you mentioned you wanted to work or do some kind of future work with health. Mm-hmm. What made I, you um, want to do that? So I don't like blood, but I still want to go to med school. <laughs> I um, hate hearing about people's ailments, but again, I still want to go to med school. So <laughs> I found out that you can do public health. Mm-hmm. So doing what what they're doing on the news right now where they talk about immunization and educating people and talking about viruses and how to protect yourself that was really interesting to me and I think it's a sign of the times definitely a sign of the times for sure something to hop on yeah and it's really admirable too well one you want to take care of yourself but two it's so much more powerful for you to be able to take care of people Mm -hmm. so what aspect do you want you said you mentioned something something to do with public health yeah mainly honestly Probably the education aspect of it or being able to research for the rest of my days because I'm a sucker for writing essays. And if I can do that for the rest of my life, then I'm down for it. <laughs> well, yeah, med school is a long journey. So it sounds like you'll, you'll be in the right kind of field for that. So <laughs> best of luck on that. I'm excited. And, and of course, with like COVID right now, obviously with this pandemic, there's going to be tons of research. I mean, that's just only one strain of public health, but there's going to be lots and lots of research and positions open in terms of that. So best of luck to you. It's so exciting. Thanks. <laughs> but speaking of which, so this is a COVID miniseries. So I just wanted to bring up how COVID has affected all of us. Obviously, every week for the past four, what, four or five weeks now, I've done this COVID series, I've been talking about different aspects of COVID in terms of what people are doing. We're talking about our street sex workers. We're talking about, you know, moving all of our work online. And now, which is kind of exciting, the strip clubs are beginning to reopen. So at the time of this podcast, at least the time of recording, I know that the number five is open, which is where you dance. Also, I believe the Caddyshack is open in Vancouver. And I think there might be another club opening soon, but that's all to my knowledge, at least, but I wanted to remain very current on this podcast. So I really wanted to kind of catch someone um, that is working at the five, which is why I wanted to ask you how all of that has been going. (laughs) So lots of questions here and a lot of speculation and observation in terms of um, past audience members and also dancers and people that want to be booked again at the club. So let's go into this topic. It's it's a big one. So let's maybe start with pre-COVID. You're working at the five. Things are going well. Were you booked that week when the five closed down? Coincidentally, I was the last full week at the five before oh, no um, they closed. Oh, wow. There was another round of girls that danced on stage for I think it was three days and then we had to close our doors but yeah I was the last full week and then it was the first full week coming back yay that's so awesome but that's crazy though like 
obviously when COVID was going on, I mean, it's still going on, although it seems to be canceled right now. That's another topic for another time. (laughs) (laughs) Black Lives Matter. Um, (laughs) But when this is all unfolding, especially in the first couple of weeks of March, were you worried about the club? Was, Was this like a thought in your mind at all? What kind of thoughts were running through your head at this time if you were thinking about it (laughs) I know I wasn't thinking about it so (laughs) my last week of work I I don't even know how to explain it I knew that it was going to end up closing I knew it was going to happen I had a feeling okay um going into it I was apprehensive I have really bad respiratory issues which is why I was scrambling for my inhaler earlier yeah but (laughs) I was scared for my health and I was scared for the health of my family. Mm -hmm. And it was a very complicated decision to go to work that week just because things started boiling up. We weren't sure of the exact numbers. Mm -hmm. Cases were going up steadily and I was watching the news every day, which probably didn't help. My mindset changed because usually when you're working a regular week at work, you're like, oh, my God, I'm going to go buy a Gucci bag. Ha, I'm going to go spend my money. But (laughs) that changed completely that week. I focused, everyone I was working with focused on saving their money because we don't know what could happen. Yeah. And that was honestly the best mode of action because the money that we made that week, a lot of us lived off of for the two months we were out of work. Right. So it was just the ambiance in the dancer room was depressing and very end of the world vibey. And it was empty for the entire week. (laughs) Uh, In terms of clients? Yes. Oh, wow. Oh, gosh. It was definitely lower than usual. And people were apprehensive on getting dances even then. When the weekend came around... I was subconsciously not breathing while giving dances. <laughs> well, just in case, because like, you never know. Obviously, because COVID is spread by like particles, like air particles, right? So you want to be able to protect yourself. And as you said, you're worried about your family. You're worried about contracting the virus and then passing it on to your loved ones. It's a real concern, obviously. So, And the whole vibe, you said, was pretty depressing and I would say like kind of eerie if the club is pretty quiet too yeah especially in the um in the dancer room it's just people were watching the news people were laying down on the couches not going downstairs everyone was eating by themselves or washing their hands over and over again all of our hands were flaking and like bleeding from washing our hands and disinfecting it so much oh my gosh crazy and then of course With the announcement by the World Health Organization, they declared it as a pandemic. And then I think shortly after the club closed, I think this is around almost, almost mid-March, which is probably when you were done that full week. Then, yeah. And then, of course, you probably heard, obviously, the number five decided to close down its doors, obviously for the sake um, and the safety of their patrons and obviously the dancers too. How did you feel about that? I mean, you already had a hunch that it was going to close down. I think it was the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, from the beginning, talking to all the employees that work here, the bartenders, the GM, everyone, their number one priority was to protect us and protect the people 
who came into their club. Right. And if that meant taking initiative to be one of the first clubs to close, then that was like, so be it. That was how it's going to work. And it was a scary time. No one knew what was going to happen. And I think they handled it really well as far as closing that early and doing it to protect us. Yeah. It's doing their due diligence. And also I think it's really admirable as well. Just taking that responsibility because it sounds like they take really good care of their staff there. And of course their patrons. So that's good that that happened. (laughs) I agree. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And also being one of the first clubs to open in Canada. Are you ready for that perfect summer glow up? Check out Tancouver on Instagram. She is a top-rated spray tanner in Vancouver using only vegan and cruelty-free top-tier solutions. Her all-natural, house-made, gold-shimmering finishing powder shines perfectly on stage. Slide into Tancouver's DMs for a tan consultation or to book with her and mention Strip by Sia for 10% off. So... Tell us about when you got the news of when the number five was going to open. Because I heard rumors a couple of weeks ago. I was like, oh my God, there's going to be a club opening. I think the five is supposed to be opening. How was that for you? <laughs> so I was one of the people that was asked uh, in the very beginning of the thought. Mm-hmm. Um, it all kind of was resting on if we could put up the plexiglass in time and to sanitize the whole club in time. And they were doing renovations at the time. So everything was weighing on that happening and if we were good to go and work safe bc was okay with everything that happened then we were going to open so in the beginning we were told do you want to work this week we're just Mm going to let you know that when you come here you're gonna have to wear a mask to talk to clients and they're gonna have to wear a mask and you're gonna have to be on stage only and there's plexiglass and you're protected that was the initial thing that we were said right a lot of girls didn't like that because a lot of girls need the hustle like just the sex work part of the work is a huge component for a lot of people but and I agree it definitely changes your your mindset when you're at work and it keeps you motivated so I understand why they said that but I was like screw it let's see what it's like (laughs) (laughs) so I was lucky to be asked and then I was matched with an amazing lineup of girls who did their best to stay in line with WorkSafe BC and to stay cleanly and protect each other. Right. So. Do you want to go into what kind of protocols are being in place? With now you did mention a couple things that the girls have to wear masks. Obviously, if people have seen on number five's Instagram, there is large plexiglass. So you guys are like almost in like little like fish tanks, but not really. But obviously, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I don't know how else to describe it, but they've put those up as well. And you mentioned that there were some renovations going to the club. Did you want to speak on any of that? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I'll just do like a walkthrough of the club. When yeah. you first walk in <laughs> to the club, you are essentially, there's a, a rope stopping you from going in first. And okay. a waitress or a, a bouncer has to let you in and take you to your seat. Um, the booths have plexiglass in between them, which is actually, I hope they keep it forever because usually at the five, you can hear the booth next to you. Right. Right. So it's kind of nice because you can't really hear anyone else when you're sitting in your booth. You can only hear the music and your friends. 
plexiglass in between all of the booths. There's plexiglass around the stage with enough room to tip, and then there's a gap at the top just so it doesn't get too hot up there. Right, so you can breathe. The shower is covered in plexiglass. Really? Oh my yeah, god! So <laughs> you can see. I mean, I'm pretty short, and when I'm barefoot in the shower, it kind of my eyes are like the only thing you can see at the top of it. But it's kind of a cool effect when you see the water droplets hit. The plexiglass? the plexiglass around it. It looks like a big jumbo shower. It's I was really going to cool. say, like, I think that would actually work. Like, <laughs> that would be pretty sexy. So <laughs> that's awesome. The bar has plexiglass all around it. So it's protecting the bartenders from like immediate contact. The bartenders are wearing masks just to bartend. The servers wear masks. And so do the bodyguards. Or not the bodyguards, the bouncers. What? Okay. <laughs> um, they are bodyguards. <laughs> The bouncers. Large bodyguards. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, that's so different. So so different. It's um it's really interesting. Also, the renovations, though so they kept the charm of the five, they kept all the booths, the lights, the pictures on the walls, but they repainted the ceiling, they redid all the carpeting, they redid the tiling, the bar top is completely redone now. It's like a black marble. Nice. Oh my god. So classy. And they got yeah, they got rid of all the black lights, so now it just looks like a lounge almost. I was gonna say, but um, like, what the way you're describing it and walking us through it, it almost sounds like very lounge like, almost like higher end or something. It just sounds like a completely different feel. So excited mm-hmm. to revisit. Super cool. They repainted a bunch of stuff and even just tiny details. They were able to finish it in two months, which is really impressive. The amount of stuff that they did. Um, it was the owner and their um, maintenance guy who did it. <laughs> oh my gosh, just those two? Yeah, they did. Yeah, they what? did it all themselves, and it looks amazing. Yay! Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited to like take another visit. I haven't been there in a while, so that's exciting. Is there anything? It's... And of course, obviously, you said there's no more lap dances, so the upstairs. Yeah, that's. Definitely the big thing that upstairs is closed. They close the door so you can't even look inside of it and have a taste of your memories. But <laughs> it's um, completely closed off. And it's really hard because that was a huge component of keeping your, yourself sane when you're at work. Instead of right. just going on stage, going upstairs, going on stage, going upstairs, you had a break and you could talk to people and be around other people. So definitely a little bit of a shock to get out of that, mm-hmm. that movement. Yeah, that's so different. It just almost seems a little bit like robotic, sort of. Mm-hmm. But I guess we're all going to have to adapt. I mean, that's the way that the five's doing. I'm not sure what the other clubs are doing right now, but I'm going to be speaking with a couple of other people later this month. So hopefully you can find out to see what other efforts are, are being done. But that's really interesting. Thank you for that. Obviously, the vibe is different. Can you tell me about like, in terms of dancing, in terms of tipping, what kind of capacity is there? I would imagine there's not a lot of people, I mean, probably 50%. I would imagine, yeah, like, so no standing room or anything like that. No, everyone has to stay in their seat. I think the only time you can pop up for a second is to tip, or you can get the server to bring money to the stage. But, oh, um, wow, interesting. It's definitely hard. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the tipping is amazing. We're living off tips right now, which isn't the worst situation. Mm-hmm. 
people are still excited to go out and experience nightlife and throw Yay. cash when they can and that's awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, it's pretty nice. People are tipping on the floor, too, if you're sitting with them with a mask on. People are trying to do, I guess, their best to kind of have the same strip club feeling. You're still spending time with the girls and giving them money, but it's just the disconnect of the dances. I was gonna, Yeah, I was going to say that, too, because, well, with lap dances being gone and just not really being able to mingle as much as you would in a, like normal pre-COVID times, it's it's a little good. It's I guess going to be a little bit hard to navigate during this time. Like, how has it been for you? It hasn't been terrible, but I don't even know how to explain it. <laughs> it hasn't been awful, but I think there's an aspect of it that really affects your mental health. Mm-hmm. So, in the beginning, I was like, "Yeah, I'm back on stage and dancing," but. Then there's stipulation of you can't do very many tricks on stage because you will knock the plexiglass. Yeah, it's going to be like, how strong is this glass? Like, <laughs> It's actually extreme. I gashed it up like, the first day that it was up. I swung my leg around to do a trick, and <laughs> I just I hit it hard, and there was a huge gash across it. And like, then they just went up, and they rubbed it off. And I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> they really invested. I'm impressed. <laughs> Thank you. I'm That's proud awesome. Of <laughs> Has it been hard though, in terms of money-wise, without the lap dances? I would imagine, like, a, you guys would be taking a huge hit on that, or have customers been tipping more or being more generous, as he said, to try to support you guys in their own way? Or I will honestly say that it is not the same monetarily wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I it's know. definitely not. You're losing at least seventy percent of what you would usually make. Yeah. Um, the stage tips are better right now. Good. Something that I will say. Yeah. Um, but you're definitely losing a component. Like if you were, let's say, your number one spot on a Saturday. Yeah. You're the first to go home and you're the first to start that day if you're the first to go home you have that entire period of two hours to go sell dances yeah so that's when you're like you're hustling hard you can make a solid chunk of cash before going home home. that day right whereas now you're just going on stage getting off and going home right away and you lose entire chunk of time and then yeah the girls who are on stage at the time usually make more cash because that's when people are inebriated exactly yeah so it's a good spot to have but yeah definitely I noticed a little bit of a change as far as money but um it's not drastic like I'm not I'm not scared (laughs) that's good I'm glad (laughs) I'm so glad to hear too what about like in terms of masks and stuff I know and I've seen that you guys are or the dancers have been wearing masks what about the patrons? Is there like a, a mask rule? Is that optional? Or what kind of protocol is number five doing in order to maintain safety of both the dancers and also safety of their patrons? So it's not mandatory to wear a mask in the five, but it mm-hmm. is encouraged. Yeah. It is mandatory. However, if you want to sit with a dancer face to face, you would have to wear a mask and so would she. Oh, good. Um, so it's a really nice little add-on to keep us safe when we're on the floor but 
at the same time, sometimes you forget. Sometimes you, you're not wearing your mask properly or people refuse. Some clients will refuse to wear a mask. And is the number five still serving food as well or is that not happening? Yeah, so they brought oh, down is. their menu, I think, oh, a tiny okay. bit. But they are still making food. And I think a big component of why we're open is because we're technically a pub and we can serve food. Right, right. So you can still get your five burger. Yay. (laughs) That's awesome. Wow. So it's been really different, but it seems like you guys are thriving. So I'm really glad to hear that. Would you say that some of the other dancers are sharing the same sentiment as you as well in terms of like being really happy to be back and be employed again? And stuff too, or or a lot of people just maybe still scared to come back because some people are still isolating. Can you speak on that? Um, I can say that coming back to work was a little bit bittersweet. As Mm -hmm. my friend Cola said, definitely was bittersweet to come back because you kind of miss being at home, but you also miss the money and being able to be around your friends and being able to do stage shows. So the entire time I was there, I vowed I would never complain again about being at work because... I missed it so much. And as soon as I got there, I was like, God, I want to go home. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. But a lot of girls, I think, are apprehensive first about the money that they're going to make during the week. They don't want to step away from their OnlyFans or camming or doing whatever else they do for that week in case the money's not worth it and they lose out on the money that they could be making. Right. A lot of people are scared of getting infected. I... I noticed a lot of ignorance while I was at the club, but people just being almost selfish. Really? Um, clients specifically, not not the girls, absolutely not the girls, yeah. but <laughs> clients being like, oh, well, I can't get sick because I'm not an old person. And then proceeding to breathe in your face oh, whenever they have the opportunity. And you're like, great, this is cool. I feel super safe now. Yeah, that's not cool. That's super rude. It, it was super crappy to experience. Um, because working in that kind of environment, you're doing everything you can to keep safe. Exactly. And when you have people that are kind of making a joke out of it and being like, ha ha, you're wearing a mask, you feel like crap and you feel a little scared. So. I wonder if like, can, it, can the balancers kick people out in terms of that? Or it's just not enough to feel that or to back it up, I guess. Because that can um, be like a, a I think threat it's to a your strike. safety. Yeah, I guess be a, that's a good way of saying it. Because then that's almost like threatening your safety. You know what I mean? That's like threatening your health. So, but I guess it's really tricky too. Because then uh, put the bouncers in a tricky place as well. To be like, yeah. how much, how many strikes will they get? And mm-hmm. how much is too much? But another topic for another time. <laughs> <laughs> but this is really interesting. I'm, I'm so glad that the five is open again. I wonder, in your own opinion, like how how can you see this progressing? How can you picture the clubs operating say months down the line? Hopefully, things will ease up and stuff. Do you want to speak about it in that? Yeah, um, a few months down the line, I feel like we will slowly start introducing dances again. Mm-hmm. They'll yeah. likely be masked or they would bring down the capacity in the tiny room probably like stuff like no duo dances no two girls just the one like one-on-ones right ultimately I think the plexiglass may be there to stay for a lot longer Mm -hmm. 
just because we've noticed that with the plexiglass, it started taking away people's ability to touch the dancers on stage. And girls feel a lot safer on okay. stage with the plexiglass. Yeah. And you can kind of avoid the extremely talkative people in your front row. Yes. So. <laughs> we all have those, don't we? <laughs> yeah. So oh, it's gosh. kind of a nice little add-on that I think we want to hold on to. Yeah. It could be the new norm. I'm not sure. I had people, like older regulars, tell me about how, like, oh, 60 years ago or 50 years ago or 30 years ago, this is how it was. There were no private dancers. It was mainly the stage. But people do go to the five for their legendary private dances, I think. So right. it's a huge component of the club being open. Hopefully it comes back, but... I don't think they're in a rush right now. Yeah, yeah, of course. And they will have to abide by WorkSafe BC and all the health regulations too. So well, hopefully, slowly but surely, they'll come back because it's a great component of the club. But we'll just have to wait and see. But um, I guess with that, we can go into some Q&A because there are a few questions here from all the people on Instagram and Facebook. So <laughs> shall we go into that? I'm ready for it. Let's go. Okay. So I know you already possibly answered these a little bit, but if you want to answer them in more detail, you're more than welcome to. So first question looks like, how is it dancing with the plexiglass on stage? How strong is it if accidentally hit, which <laughs> you already did? <laughs> yeah, I was the first one to hit it too. <laughs> Were I was you? like, I'm on the... The owner was sitting at the bar and he just glared at me. I saw him glare at me and I was like, oop, yep, hey. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> well, it seems like it's pretty sturdy from the way that you described it. So <laughs> It's a really high quality plexiglass and I think that it was put on correctly as far as like the wiring that they used and the size of it that they chose. Mm -hmm. So I think, yeah, I think it was really well thought out and it's pretty sturdy. It just inhibits your movement a little bit on stage. So you have to kind of adapt your shows. And I think by the end of the week, I started feeling myself doing the same thing over and over again, <laughs> just because I wanted to be on the safe side rather than like flailing my body around and totally taking stuff. <laughs> yeah. And potentially knocking that thing down. Hopefully that won't happen, but we'll see. <laughs> Um, what is a typical day in the life, daily or weekly routine for you? Um, now with COVID? <laughs> <laughs> Up to you how you want to answer it. <laughs> Up to you. I think I usually stay at the five in their hotel because I live in White Rock. <laughs> okay, wow. And that's it's kind of a, it's a, it's a little bit of an hour drive when there's traffic. Yep. So I tend to save my money and stay there, but every day is like, a hot shower and then like getting dressed and getting right on stage for my noon show or my one o'clock or whatever I, my spot is for. Mm -hmm. Nothing's really changed as far as how I go about my daily schedule when I work at the club. Okay. But there are little things that were added in. So like wearing a mask to leave or wearing a mask to talk to people, mm -hmm. sanitizing my hands every time I get off stage, always having hand sanitizer handy. I always put my cash in a Ziploc bag with um, isopropyl alcohol okay. to disinfect it. Yeah. I posted on my story how disgusting it was when I shook the bag. But oh, no. Is that still in really your story? Puts, <laughs> uh, I'll send it to you. I, I want to see. 
Um, it puts into, um, I know it, it lets you know how disgusting money is first. And you're kind of thinking of all those years where you didn't wash your money and you would count your money and then touch your face after what were you putting on your face? Totally. And I've definitely started avoiding people breathing near me. <laughs> That's a big one. <laughs> and I think overall, I've felt myself become more apprehensive of talking to people. I'm spending that extra time to be face-to-face with people. I'm limiting my face-to-face contact. Right. And um, yeah, just yeah. stage shows and food and stage shows and food. That's pretty much what my day would look like regularly. So Sounds like a great life, though. <laughs> I'm okay with that. <laughs> I'd be happy with that for sure. <laughs> it's um, a really nice balance. It is. Yes, definitely. <laughs> and I guess you already kind of touched on this a little bit, but you're welcome to go more into it if you want. But what is the money like since there are no private dances? Um, I'm not going to say amounts per se, just because I don't like talking about the money. Yeah, no. But um, I would say that I'm making... For a long shift, I'm making around 50% well. Wow, yeah. Um, Because a huge component of that was private dances during the week. Of course. It sucks, but it doesn't suck that bad. I, I, Honestly, I had kind of a melting point where I was like, I'm not making as much money as usual. And I called my friend who works a civilian job. And I told her how much money I was making. And she was like, the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> She was like, most would be just glad to make that in a week. I'm like, wow. And I was like, well, you're right. I should be a little less hard on myself. Puts you in check a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Um, I will say that the difference in money really hurts your mental health when you get off stage making nothing on times where regularly you'd be making 30 bucks on stage or something. And you walk off of nothing or your show gets rolled. It's a really hard feeling and it kind of affects your brain. But the job gets in your head and you have to remind yourself that it's not a direct indicator of your worth in any way. And it's definitely not a direct indicator of like your fiscal possibilities in the future. Of so. course. Good. And I'm, I'm so glad you said that too for the, for our audience. So thank you. Um, yeah, I have to remind myself. <laughs> yes. And sometimes we do need those constant reminders too because sometimes it's really easy to get caught up in the money, right? So Yeah. Especially when the money's good, but <laughs> <laughs> Um, what are we saying here? So is the club still getting decent business? The first couple days, so the Friday, Saturday it was really good and then during the week it definitely dropped. We right. dropped out, we were seeing less numbers, less of a head count. It would get a little busy around nine o'clock at night and during the day it'd be pretty sparse. If you think about it, the club is losing like 70% of their income because they're no longer having the same foot traffic. Our private dances aren't happening anymore. And on top of that, we're having less bar sales because again, less Less foot traffic. Yeah. Less volume. And they actually have like to put a cap on it now too, right? Because they probably will reach reach capacity and that's all they can like there's a maximum legally have yeah Yeah, exactly so which is shitty but again hopefully with time things will be lifted but at this time we'll just have to be patient we would see the lack of money that's coming out of the club we would see it in ways like oh they would bring down our dances or our stage shows for the day 
And right. you just have to be understanding when clubs are making little changes like that, especially right now, mm-hmm. you have to be understanding. You have to trust that they're doing what's best for all of us. Exactly. So as soon as the club's not making money, you get the possibility of the club closing or the club staying closed for longer or yeah, things like that. So you just have to be patient and understanding when you work in any club right now. Totally. Just having the ability to empathize and just understand like what the owners are going through and stuff. At least you have a place and a venue to work at. So, cause a lot of the clubs are not going to be open. Like, so keep that in mind <laughs> if you're both a patron and also a dancer. So <laughs> yeah, we have both those people in our audience on this podcast. So, and I guess you kind of mentioned this a little bit too. Um, are customers actually tipping on stage? You said yes. Was like, there's supposed to be like oh, a yeah. little space or something now by the pe- the plexiglass. Um, there's. I'm really bad with sizes, but I would <laughs> say it's around like probably like a five inch kind of gap yeah. in between the stage and the plexiglass. Okay. Okay. Um, and then the top of it is open. I would say like a foot or so open. So, so people can throw over the glass. People are making it rain over the glass or like throwing it under the glass. So are they actually? Okay. Are, <laughs> cool. It's kind of really fun to see because now the money can't just like, you don't want someone to throw cash at you and it would kind of like flop back and go onto the ground. Yep. It can't do that anymore because of the plexiglass. <laughs> so it actually works out. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> And then, okay, here, yeah, here's another one too. So are the guys actually tipping or just whining about no lap dances? Like, have you had customers actually whine about no lap dances? No, I haven't had someone whine. I, people are pretty understanding. Good. Um, I've had a lot of people ask me for dances and I'm like, I'm sorry, hon, like we're not doing that right now. And they'd be like, oh, I get it. Yeah. Or that's understandable or I'll come back again or they tip me. That's, that's awesome. what they would do, so. People are really understanding right now, and I think this is so there's a lot more empathy. Yay! Since since COVID, which is surprising, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say that's that is really surprising to hear, but also <laughs> like in a really good way. I'm so glad that people are being human about this whole thing and just understanding what the club's going through, what you guys are going through, and also just health overall and your, your safety. So that's really cool and admirable to hear. So yay. Yay for people having people manners. People are being good. It's weird. <laughs> I know, right? People have manners and etiquette. Yay. <laughs> Let's hope it stays. <laughs> and I guess last question here, you briefly touched on this, but are dancers still expected to mingle with customers despite physical distancing, masks, question marks? Absolutely not. Right. <laughs> if you feel uncomfortable and you don't want to, you don't have to. We no longer have floor time. We don't have to mingle with people. You can if you want to, but they, a good percentage of us would going on stage and then going straight upstairs to our dancer room and then going on stage and so on. We weren't taking the time of our day to talk to people or mingle, and they did not care. They cared about our safety and what we were doing keep ourselves safe rather than being like, Oh, our club has a reputation up. So. Right. Yay. Number five. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. (laughs) And that is the last question. So, but before I let you go, where can we find you? Feel free to plug anything and all the things. So my Twitter is Cataloni queen. 
Cannelloni? Um, <laughs> like the food? Cannelloni queen, yeah. Like, oh my gosh. I'm very Italian with cocoa, so I thought Cannelloni queen was pretty fitting. So at Cannelloni queen on Twitter. Okay. My Instagram is missran.e. Okay. And my OnlyFans is, I think it is, I think it's just Randy, like just R-A-N-D-E, OnlyFans slash, yeah. I don't know. I, I tried to do Rand.e and it worked for a sec and then it stopped working. So <laughs> I don't know anymore. Some people are fighting me and I'm impressed. <laughs> people all are good. seeking me out on OnlyFans. It's weird. <laughs> I'll be sure to plug all the links in the show notes down below. But thank you so much, Randy, for joining us on the show today. I really appreciate you taking the time every day today to tell us about the five. Thank you so much for having me. And it was I was happy to just share my experiences. I'm doing a little bit of a photo set. I took some photos on a disposable camera during the week, and it kind of shows a first-time experience and what it was like to work during a pandemic. So really, I think it's going to be cool. Yeah, a little photo set. I'm excited to share it. That's awesome. Is that going to be on your your Instagram or OnlyFans at some point? Probably Twitter. Okay, sweet. Yeah, I will post (laughs) it. Because that's more of my, my out there platform but twitter and then i'll probably share it in a bunch of different places but i'm excited to share it and get my photos developed so that's wonderful well thanks again and thanks everyone for listening to this episode of strip by sia covid19 series don't forget to like rate and subscribe and review and it's stripped by sia on instagram as well as my personal sia stuff and We'll hopefully, again, I keep seeing us every week. We'll hopefully catch in with you guys next week for another episode of our COVID series next Sunday. And we'll see you guys later. Thanks, Randy. Thank you. Bye. You're listening to Stripped by Sia, produced and hosted by Steph Sia, a.k.a. Kim Chi. Music by Ted D. Photography by Ian Davern and graphics by Maria D.